Today, we're in my new study at our building on Mountain Ave in Springfield. It is so good to be here. Of course, I can't wait to be all together again, and it's hard to be apart, especially not knowing when things will change. But we trust that God is still building us up as his church and helping us grow for the mission he's given us. One positive surprise from these days is how many folks who are far away have been able to connect with us because we've had the shift to online services. It's inspiring to know how God is building up people who are not right here. I hope that last week you were able to watch the message. It might have felt a bit like a rerun show. The writers needed a week off, so they found a decent episode to air again. But for me, it was encouraging to see the focus that God had given me back then. Coming to Jesus and then sharing him with others. Same mission God has for Renaissance Church today. Early this week, I spent more time than I'd wanted watching the news. Every story made me feel unsettled, sad, concerned, afraid. More than anything, what we need right now is to get a good look at Jesus and then become people who share him with others. This morning, we're going to do just that. We'll listen to a parable that will put us at a fork in the road where we have to choose either to put Jesus' words into action so we can become people who show him to others or remain hearers only who never change. Now, here's what we'll see. Jesus wants us to give up passive listening and pursue active faith in him instead. Because anyone who hears what he says but then doesn't change is a fool. On shaky ground every day, and in the end, everything he builds will come to nothing. On the other hand, the person who hears from Jesus and does what she hears is wise. She builds her life on a strong foundation, so the challenges she faces will not knock her down, and the life she builds will endure even beyond death. The parable in which Jesus makes this clear was first spoken to a group of disciples who had left behind the crowds to go up with Jesus to a mountain where he would teach them as no one ever had. The story is recorded in Matthew chapter 7. Before we hear it, let's try to go back and put ourselves in the place where they would have been so we might hear as they would have heard. Try to picture this. Jesus is in a small village by the sea. At this point, no one knows who he is, but he knows. To do the work that God has given him, he'll need to build a group of followers who will learn from him and carry his mission forward with him. So Jesus makes his way down to the shore where the local fishermen are at work with their nets and their boats. And he finds two brothers and invites them to come along. And then they find two more. Together, this small group travels throughout Galilee, all the while steadily growing in numbers as Jesus builds his following. Whenever they come to a synagogue, Jesus teaches, God's kingdom has finally come close. Soon you will see the glory of God with your own eyes. The message seems too hopeful to believe. There's been no sign of God for so long. But then 
Jesus begins to heal diseases and cure people of every kind of sickness. He brings a freedom that could only come from God. And so it doesn't take long for word to spread. All throughout Syria, people hear and they show up. And Jesus cures them, which only makes the crowds grow even bigger. Everyone wants a piece of what Jesus is giving. Now here's where you have to put yourself in this scene. Imagine that you are there with that group of early followers, amazed at what you're seeing Jesus do. When he turns from the crowds to you and says, it's time for us to go. Come with me. We're going to go through the wilderness and climb that mountain. And up there, I'm going to teach you. You are going to listen and learn in a way that you never have before, so that in the days ahead, you will have a hand in my mission. You leave that crowd with those other followers, and you begin to climb. And on the top, you listen as Jesus begins to teach. He shares the upside-down values of the kingdom he's building. He speaks of the old ways to leave behind and the new ways to embrace, the worn-out habits to discard, and the rhythms of grace and kindness to build into your life. The behaviors and actions and attitudes that you've become used to, but you'll need to let go of them if you're going to walk with God. He tells you of the fatherly care that God has for all people, and every word is like water in the desert, like the rallying cry to an adventure that you cannot wait to begin. And then Jesus finishes his lesson with a parable. And now we're ready to listen. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. This is how Jesus ends his teaching on the mountain. A parable with four elements, the builders, the foundation, the storms, and the outcome. Let's spend some time on each of these four. First, the builders. The two characters in Jesus' parable are both doing the same thing, building a place to live. In this common work of theirs, there's something important for us to see because here is a picture of every one of us. 
Like a man constructing a house, every person builds the life he ends up living. It will be very hard for us to accept this because we want to believe that life is what happens to us. So we can complain about all the things that didn't go our way and feel bad for ourselves and blame the people around us and be angry at the circumstances we can't change, all the while taking no responsibility for our part in how life unfolds. But here, we are invited by Jesus to accept the power that we do have over how our lives turn out. You and I are builders. Every one of us. Day by day, through the many choices we make, we are constructing the lives we inhabit. With the steps we decide to take and the ones we choose not to. Through the words that we say and the things we left unsaid. With the thoughts that we choose to dwell on and those things we avoid thinking about. The attitudes we nurture and the habits we feed, every one of these little decisions is another element we build into our lives. And Jesus wants us to take responsibility for the fact that we all have a hand in building the lives we dwell in. The builders in Jesus' parable teach us this. Now the second element in his story, the foundations. One builder constructs his house on rock that's a wise choice. The other, on sand. A foolish choice. And now whether it's one or the other is the fork in the road that Jesus creates with this story, rock or sand, it all comes down to one thing. How will you respond to what you hear from Jesus? And we have to be careful not to misunderstand at this point, the distinction Jesus is drawing is not between his disciples on one hand and people who haven't heard of him or don't believe in him on the other hand. Jesus is not addressing that difference here. Both builders in his parable are people who hear what Jesus teaches. They are both people who have listened to his lessons. They are both in the small group he's taken up the mountain. The difference between them is what they do with Jesus' words. And according to him, there are only two options. Act on them or do not act on them. Do what Jesus teaches or do not do what Jesus teaches. Build on rock or build on sand. Everything comes down to what you do with what Jesus says. Now, there can't be any ambiguity here about what he means, since this is the last thing he said after a long lesson. Listen to Jesus' words. Let your light shine before others so they see God's heart through your good deeds. Learn and live God's way through the prophets and the law teach others to do the same. Don't let your anger lead you into acts of aggression against one another. When someone has been hurt by you, don't ignore it. Go and make things right. This is more important than your religious responsibilities. Now, can you see that every one of these is something you either do or you just hear and agree with, but nothing changes? Listen again. 
Be faithful to your spouse. Avoid lust at all costs. Be a person of your word. Tell the truth always. Do what you say. Follow through. Practice generosity with the needy. Have an open hand with your possessions, but never use your faithfulness as a way of showing off. Stop trying to be impressive. Don't retaliate against those who hurt you. If you have an enemy, love him. Change him into your friend with prayers and kindness. Every one of these words Jesus gave on the mountain, and he didn't teach any of this to give religious people more stuff to argue about, but so they would live differently. Prioritize God's gift over earthly riches. Don't let worry drive you. Seek God's kingdom first. Trust God to take care of your every need. Work on yourself before trying to fix others. Keep on seeking and asking and knocking. God will answer. Listen to this. In everything you do, think of how you want to be treated and let that guide your way of treating others. Now, can you imagine how the world would change if everyone who knew those words of Jesus let them shape their way of being? According to him, the person who hears and does these words will be building his life on the rock. The person who only hears but doesn't do these things will be building his life on sand. And the difference between these two may be hard to see for a time, but it becomes especially clear in the light of the third element in Jesus' parable, which is the storms. Here's a fact. Jerusalem and the region where Jesus was teaching, has the same annual rainfall as London. But in England, the rain is spread out over 300 days. In Jerusalem, it all falls in about seven weeks, which means flash floods that are completely devastating, overwhelming external challenges that no one can control. The storm captures the emotional and spiritual challenges that all of us have to face. The struggles that make us feel like we are sinking, without help, going down into the depths. You know what it's like to face storms. Relationships that are on the rocks. Business plans that fall through. The tedium of another day of facing the same routines with no relief in sight. Deepening political divides that are stoking fear and hatred that bring out the worst in all of us. Anxiety about what's going to happen in our country. Exhaustion at the lack of progress in so many areas where we ought to be further along. The invisible threat of a deadly virus with no clarity about what to expect in the days ahead. Doesn't it seem like it just keeps raining? The wind keeps battering everything we're trying to build like a flood that keeps on rising. But here, Jesus' story has a third bit of wisdom for us that can save us from having the wrong expectations if we choose to follow him. Both of the houses in his parable are battered by the same storms. Whether you do what Jesus says or not, the life you are building will be threatened by rain and wind 
and floods, and there is nothing that you can do to prevent threats from coming against you. But then it's right here, when things are the roughest, that the fourth element in Jesus' parable comes into play, and it is beautiful. It is a truth that you and I need and we want to hear. And, and here in this moment, again, picture yourself on the mountain with Jesus. He invites you to take this fourth element, the outcome, right into your heart and let it give you courage for this storm. The house on the rock will withstand the flood. But the one that's built on the sand will be washed away. And here, we must be as clear as we can. Jesus is teaching that if you listen to him and do what he says, even when life batters you like a flash flood, you will not be overwhelmed. That is his promise to you. Your life will be sturdy and secure against every threat, like a house built on the rock. Because of the foundation, it will be okay. But now, to be precise, it's not a foundation that you have laid. In Jesus' story, the rock that the first builder builds upon is already in the ground. The wise man doesn't put it there. He just chooses where to build, and that's the spot he chooses instead of anywhere else. And listen to me now. The foundation on which you are invited to build your life right now has already been set down for you. Because of the great love with which God has chosen to love you, Christ has laid his life down, providing the perfect foundation for you to build upon. He is the stone upon which you are free to build your life. Every other foundation is sand by comparison. If you hear and act on what you hear, if you take to heart his word that he gives on the mountain and then you do it, no storm in this life can wash you away. And in the end, after the great flood, which every one of us must face in death, what you have built will remain forever. And that is a promise to you from Jesus himself. Whoever builds his life upon the rock, Jesus, even though he dies, he will live forever. The opposite is also true, and this is also clear in the parable. The one who hears Jesus and chooses not to do what he hears will find the life he builds insecure, unsteady, and shaky, knocked down when the storms of life are strong, and in the end, when he faces God's judgment, nothing will be left beyond death. The fall of his house will be great and forever. Now, one more time, I want you to imagine you are on that mountain with Jesus' closest followers. It is not the end for any of us now. There is time. You have today, and you have this moment, and you have the days that are ahead of you, but now, in this instance, Jesus wants your heart to be open to this parable which he told 
to push you to the place where you would become a co-worker with Jesus. Having seen him, he wants you to go out into the world and do what he says so you show him to others. Now you are challenged to let Jesus' parable put you at the fork in the road and make a decision. Will you decide to be a listener only? Or will you decide to do what you hear? That's the decision which Jesus puts before each one of us. Will you leave his lessons on the mountain? Or will you bring them back into the valleys where you are building your life day after day? The choice is yours. Let's join our hearts now in prayer, trusting that Jesus hears us when we lift our hearts to him. God, we thank you so much for this time to imagine ourselves there with Jesus as he taught on that mountain. I pray that our hearts would be wide open to you and that in this moment, your spirit would be sowing seeds that would bear good fruit in each and every one of us, that we would take the word of yours, which we have heard, and we will put it into action. God, for the ways that we've failed to follow you in the past, we ask for your forgiveness. And then we pray that simply you'd let us leave that behind and move forward with courage and new inspiration. Help us choose to be people who build upon the foundation which you have laid in Jesus. Give us a clear sense of the word of yours that you want us to do in this day, and then help us do it. And God, as we have seen you and then choose to follow you together, would you please use each one of us to show others who you are? And even now, as we are apart from one another, would you please build Renaissance Church to become a community that is effective at showing others who you are? Give us strength for this day and for every storm we must face in the days ahead. And until we are together again, God, give us hearts that love you and love others too. In your name we pray. Amen.